Welcome to Power Up Your Performance, where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Hey friends, this is Kim Peek from Power of Run. I am also your podcast hostess, and I am so excited that you are joining me today. Today, I am going to talk about something that's been on my mind a lot lately, which is ways to defy aging. Over the summer, I got a certification in functional aging, and it's for people who are closer to 60, 70, 80 years old, but I got a lot of great tips. And one of the things that it did was it really made me start thinking a lot about how we age. And I was also asking a group of friends that are in our Power of Run Strength Challenge group, which you can find and join for free if you go to the homepage of my website, crushingmygoals.com. If you head head out halfway down that page, you should find a link to freebies and a link to that free group. But anyway, I was talking to the people in my group the other day about what do you call people in their 40s and 50s who are active or wanting to be active? How do you market to that group? And personally, I don't feel like I'm a senior and I would be totally offended or not even think somebody was talking to me if they were marketing a group of senior fitness, a senior fitness program. If they were trying to market that to me, I would think that it was somebody who was definitely not me. So what do you call, we got into this discussion, what do you call women who are in their 40s and 50s who are active or are weekend warriors? What's the phrasing? And I don't think we ever came up with the perfect answer, but one of the things that we thought of was that we do these things to defy aging. It is our way of staying young and vibrant and energetic and making sure that we can just have that energy that we need to enjoy a very high quality of life. So in the spirit of that, I put together a list of five things that you can do to defy aging, maximize your life, or maybe keep up with those younger coworkers or neighbors or your children. So here is my list. And first I want to say that aging is a function of lifestyle. There are lots of things that affect how we look and how we feel. And When I'm talking about aging, I'm not just talking about how your skin looks or the color of your hair or if you have wrinkles or frown lines or smile lines around your eyes. It's it's more than how we look. It's how we feel. It's how we act. It's how much energy we have. And some things that go into into that big umbrella of lifestyle things that affect how we age are things like nutrition and hydration, movement, sleep friendships, mindset, gratitude, and the list goes on and on and on. So I'm going to cover just five of those things today, real surface level to get you thinking about some of the things that maybe you can make a few tweaks in your life so that you can start to feel better and feel more energetic. Tip number one relates to nutrition. We all know that what we put in our bodies has a huge effect on how we feel. So poor nutrition 
meaning things that are lots of processed foods, lots of high sugar foods, can lead to a lot of diseases such as heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, Alzheimer's, arthritis, and other diseases and conditions. And one of the best ways that you can avoid those diseases or not avoid, one of the best ways that you can lessen your chances and just improve your overall health is to not eat or to reduce the amount of these types of foods that you consume. So when we eat, you've heard this before, I'm sure, you want to shop the perimeter of your store or maybe even shop at your local farmer's market where there's fresh food and you're looking for things like fruits and vegetables, maybe meat if you are not a vegetarian, meat and fruits, vegetables, meats, and whole grains, just like the major fresh foods that you can take home and use a recipe to cook. So less stuff out of packages. Also, we need water, which we'll talk about a little bit later. You will also need things like omega-3s. So things like fish oil, salmon, nuts, those types of foods help keep us healthy. We want to reduce sugars, things like table sugars and sugary desserts, high fructose corn syrup and flour. And just again, choosing a variety of foods found on the perimeter of the store. Now, I know that this is easier said than done, but this is something that's really important to your health and will really make a big difference in how you feel. Even if you don't think that you can feel an immediate result because you eat that cake or that cookie and you do get a sugar rush and it does boost your energy. So it's hard to make that immediate connection about if I avoid eating this junk food in the teacher's lounge or in the break room or when my kids come home from school that I will feel better because you do get a sugar rush, right? And you, you do feel better short term, but you really need to start thinking about these things in terms of how can you cut back? Maybe for one week, you don't eat any desserts, no sweet treats. And maybe the next week you cut out all your chips and your crackers. Things like that will go a long way toward making you feel more healthy. We could also talk about things like getting rid of and not drinking sodas and pops. Those are full of chemicals and just not good for us. I'm not going to belabor that a whole lot, but because we know, we know that choosing good foods, nutrition, nutritious foods, that it fuels our body. And instead of thinking of good and bad foods, it might even, this is another way that might help you is to think about foods that fuel you and give you the energy to do the things you want to do. And I know that you know this too, but after you've had that candy or cookie or whatever, a couple hours later, you feel you do crash and then you need to have more and the cycle just continues. And all of that stuff is just really bad for our body because it causes inflammation. And so a lot of the pain that people have is due to inflammation. And so it's one way that you can take down, reduce the inflammation, one way that you can make yourself feel better. Hey, Wellness Warriors, I want to tell you about a new program I'm releasing in August. 
It's called the Foam Roller Frenzy, and I am super excited about this. It's a month's worth of workouts incorporating the foam roller for warm-ups, cool-downs, ab work, and other fun strength-building workouts. We all have heard about the benefits of foam rolling, right? It's one of those things that tends to go in one ear and out the other. Because who wants the pain? So I thought, what if we did a full workout that used the foam roller? Like a class that you would take at the gym where you had a warm-up, a workout, a good butt kick-in, and a cool-down that incorporated all those exercises that we love to leave out of our routines. Do you think people would pick up the foam roller and actually use it if they had a whole routine that was just sitting there waiting for them to use? That's what I wanted to know. So you know it's good for you. Come check out my program. It's just $39, and if you join before August 30th, you get a bonus workout free. All year, I've been building my virtual gym, and you can be one of the first to take a sneak peek as a bonus when you sign up for the Foam Roller Frenzy. Head on over to crushingmygoals.com, click on store at the top navigation bar, and look for the course called Foam Rolling Frenzy. Oh, and you will need a foam roller to participate. It's not included in the price, but if you need recommendations, I'm happy to help. I hope I see you in my online gym this coming month. Another thing, tip number two, ways to defy aging, is mobility. So we need to be able to move well if we want to enjoy the activities we love. And our bodies, I always say this, are master adapters, and they will compensate when we don't have the proper strength or range of motion. So an example of this is let's say you've been sitting at work all day in your chair and you go to stand up. Your hip flexors are in a shortened position because you've been seated all day. So if you pretend like you have a rubber band that's attached to your waistband and your knee, you can kind of get the visual there of how you're sitting and there's going to be some slack in that rubber band while you're sitting. You go to stand up and all of a sudden it's really tight. So you've been sitting, your, your hip flexors are like, oh, she doesn't want me to have, I don't need this, this level of tightness or this length in my hip flexor. So I'll just, start contracting and getting smaller and you go to stand up and you're basically creating tighter hip flexors by sitting all day. Then you go to stand up and that imaginary rubber band that's attached to your waistband. Think of that as you go to stand up, what's going to happen? It's attached to your waistband. It's going to pull. It's going to pull and it pops your back so that your back is arched pops that pelvis forward. And now all of a sudden you have this curved back and you have potentially started the beginnings of a back issue, all because you've been sitting and your hip flexors are tight. So that's one example of mobility. Another example of mobility is just the range of motion that you need when you're running. And you think about how your foot has to be able to roll all the way through your big toe And if you've ever watched any of my videos where I slow down a person running up a hill, you can see that sharp angle 
that your shin has to be able to move over your foot as you're running. And if you don't have enough range of motion in your ankles, you're going to compensate in some way, maybe rolling your foot in or out, um, twisting your foot in some way that maybe it starts to affect your knee or maybe it starts to affect your hip. Everything is connected all the way from your toes, all the way up to the tippy top of your head. And you need to pay attention to make sure, especially if you're active, that you have the right range of motion in all of your parts of your body because your body will compensate, it will get tight, it will move in different ways and create new problems if you are not focusing on this mobility. So one of the things I do with all of my clients is we have ankle exercises, we have warm-ups, cool-downs, things that incorporate mobility work. My daughter just had shoulder surgery about three months ago. It was at the end of the school year. And they are slowly working on getting her range of motion back. And she's supposed to be really careful about how she adds that range of motion back in because we want to make sure that we are gently increasing the range of motion and not popping something out so that the ligament that she had tucked comes untucked and we have this loose shoulder issue again. But because her shoulder doesn't have the full range of motion, she does something kind of funky with her shoulder blades as she's moving around and she has a great big knot in the back of her shoulder blade down, which is just a tight muscle. We can handle it. We can work with it through all of the types of tools that her physical therapist have available, but also with things like mobility balls and foam rolling. So there are some solutions, some things that you can do about to improve your mobility and make sure that this doesn't become a problem for you. You can foam roll. You can add yoga into your day. You can get up from your desk and do some desk desk stretches. Most people recommend that you do this once an hour, anywhere from five to 10 minutes an hour. You just get up and you move and you stretch. We all get those rounded shoulders as you're sitting hunched over your desk or maybe even the neck that tilts forward as you spend a lot of time on your phone texting or reading on your phone. And so just to spend time stretching your neck. And I'm going to put some examples of this in my IGTV stories this week. And also I will put some in my Facebook group. So head over to my strength challenge group, which you can find linked from my home page. So what are the benefits of doing things like this? Taking these breaks, doing shoulder stretches, hip flexor stretches, foam rolling, yoga. It's basically trying to get your body back into alignment and moving the way it is supposed to do. And what this does is it helps with pain. It helps you if you're, if you're one of the people who get up in the morning and you can't walk down the stairs because your knees or your ankles are too tight. Maybe you saw my video I posted a couple weeks ago where I'm walking sideways down the stairs demonstrating what it's like when you're in a lot of pain to walk. Maybe you're one of those sidewalk down the stairs, but you, you do that because you need to move forward. You don't have time. Who has time to sit still because you're in pain, right? Or um, so maybe, maybe you need your mobility so that you can rotate to put your seatbelt on or get on and off the floor or just to be able to care for yourself long term so that you don't need other people doing 
your chores and doing your basic daily tasks for you. So that was tip one and tip two, mobility and nutrition. My tip three is exercise. We all know we need to exercise, and I don't know why such a small percentage of U.S. residents get their daily exercise, but it's a problem, and there are so many benefits to exercise. Some of the more immediate benefits are that it it helps you wake up. It gets rid of your brain fog. It energizes you. The endorphins give you a positive mental attitude so that you can tackle the day. If you have pain, exercise really does decrease pain. And this is one of those tips that I try to give to anybody that I know who is going through chemo. I always tell them to try to find some form of exercise that they like, that their body can handle on whatever day it is, because how you feel varies during chemo, right? So find find an exercise that you like that you can do. And do it a couple of times a day for a short amount of time. It boosts your energy. It makes you feel better. It takes away the pain. And that goes for pretty much anybody. As long as your doctor will allow you to exercise, exercise boosts your boosts your, your energy, your mindset, helps with pain, and just makes us feel better. It also, strength and cardio both will help prevent osteoporosis. It can help with weight control, and it can also be a good tool to use when you are dealing with anxiety and depression. There's just so much good research about that, and also now lots of new research about the uh, positive benefits of exercise for our brain, not just for keeping it sharp currently, but as a prevention for cognitive decline as we get older. Did you know that muscle strength declines by 30% from the ages of 50 to 70? So it's important to include strength training in your day. A couple of times a week, you want to do strength training. And that can be anything from body weight exercises to band exercises to kettlebells to dumbbells. You don't have to have a gym. You can do it outside in nature with park benches or the curb or just in your house or in a hotel room. It doesn't matter. You can do strength exercises. You don't need any fancy equipment. What is the guideline for aerobic exercise? You want to get roughly 25 minutes, six days a week, or 150 minutes of moderate aerobic activity every week. So Those are the moderate activity includes things like brisk walking, swimming, even mowing your lawn. And then you also, or, or 150 minutes of moderate exercise a week, or you want 75 minutes of vigorous aerobic activity. And that's something higher intensity, but it could be running or aerobic dancing. Maybe you head to a Zumba class and you get your heart rate way up. Those are some great things that you can do there. And then strength training. You also want to do strength training of all major muscle groups at least twice a week. You want a single set of each exercise using a weight or resistance level heavy enough to tire your muscles out after 15, 12 to 15 reps. You can 
always do these as bodyweight exercises, but if you want to really challenge yourself, you want to include a little bit of resistance, which you could totally do with a band or tubing. And um, you see, strength training could also include, if you're swimming, using resistance paddles in the water. With each stroke, you're adding resistance as you push your hand against the water, resists the paddles. So those are a couple of ideas. I know lots of people don't have time or they think they don't have time to add exercise into their week. So think of it in terms of adding 25 minutes, six days a week or 30 minutes, five days a week. How can you get that 30 minutes in? If you don't have 30 minutes in a one block, do you have three 10 minute blocks that you can add it into? Can you get up 15 minutes earlier so that you can do 10 minutes of exercise, add 10 minutes at lunch and 10 minutes right before dinner? Think about, you can be creative, it's cumulative, but you want to keep your body moving. Also, it is now recommended, I think I said this already, to get up out of your chair to move around once an hour. Once an hour for five to 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be anything huge or vigorous. It can be doing hip flexor stretches or shoulder or neck stretches. You could do squats. You could do toe taps on your chair, whatever. Which brings me to the topic of sitting. You've probably heard this. There's been a lot of talk about this in recent years. Sitting is now said to be the new smoking. Sitting is bad for you. And there's newer research out now that shows that even if you're an athlete who is getting your recommended amount of exercise in a day, sitting is still detrimental to your health. So a solution would be have meetings while you're walking and talking, get some steps in and, and hold walking meetings. Use standing desks. If you're on a conference call, walk around your office or do squats or lunges. Move once an hour, like I already said. When you sit, you use less energy than you do when you stand or move. And research has linked sitting for long periods of time with a number of issues like obesity, increased blood pressure, high blood sugar, excess body fat, and abnormal cholesterol levels. And all of these things lead to an increase of risk for death or related to cardiovascular disease and cancer or just other health complications related to the conditions that arise somehow related to all this sitting. So we want to sit less and just be conscious of the fact that you know, even if you're sitting around watching TV at night, to try to come up with ways to move or to make it more active. Maybe you're doing crunches during the commercials or leg lifts or planks. Planking during commercials is a great fun activity. Do make it a family challenge if there's a show that the whole family likes to watch together. Or maybe do yoga poses during commercials. Come up with a way to make it fun and to just work more activity into your day. So those are tips one through three. 
we have nutrition, mobility, and exercise. Tip number four is mindset. How you think is so important. How you look at the world can control your stress level. It, it, the, the words you choose to describe what happens to you, whether, whether you're a victim or somebody who's going to thrive as a result of something challenging or bad, all of these things affect how we feel and have effects on our body and our overall well-being. So you can control and change your mindset by putting thought into the types of people you spend time with. Do they drain you or do they energize you? Are those people gossiping and saying negative things? Do they talk about people or do they spend time talking about ideas and places and things they want to do with their life, how they want to impact society? The language and the words you choose are an important part of mindset. At the beginning of the year, I did a challenge with my clients called What's Your Word? And I asked everybody to choose a word for the year that was going to guide their decisions and be this word that would always be a way to bring them back to their focus, to what they said at the beginning of the year was really important. So somewhat like a New Year's resolution, but again, more of a bigger umbrella. And my word was champion because I wanted to help people learn to think, feel, and live like champions. I also wanted to be a champion for other people who maybe needed some help or a hand. Right now, I'm really excited about working with breast cancer patients and helping them regain their strength. So just being a champion for others. And just having that word is just such a great way to focus on the really important things in life, not focusing on did your kid leave the toilet seat up and pee on the seat for the hundredth time this week, or did your husband leave his dirty dishes on the coffee table instead of bringing them to the kitchen at night. All the little things that get under our skin that build up and make us grumpy. You can also control your mindset by just trying to be appreciative and choose gratitude. At the end of the day or the beginning of the morning, you could start your day or end your day by listing five things you were grateful for that day or five things that were good about that day. I also, in one of the assignments early on in the year, had my clients gave them the option to start a jar or a journal where at the end of the day, they wrote one positive thing down about a family member or had a journal for each family member and wrote a nice note or one positive thing about that person every single day. And then at the end of the year, you have this great thing to go back to and either read as a family all those scraps of paper or present that person with their journal maybe as a Christmas gift to help so people know how much you appreciate them. And, and when we're thinking about other people and thinking about appreciation and gratitude, it takes our mind off of the little things that can ruin a day. Also focusing on the good things instead of what went wrong. 
when I was going through cancer treatment, I had a friend who told me, take a picture every single day. And I thought, huh, that's really weird advice, but I'll go ahead and do it. And I did. I took a picture every single day. And what was really cool about it after the fact was that I was able to go back and realize that even in the, what was one of the toughest times of my life, there were good things that happened every single day. Every day was not horrible. There were lots of happy moment, moments in between all the pain and the stress. And then another mindset trick that you can use is just thinking about failure as if you fail, you're not failing. You tried, you gave it your best shot. And so you didn't succeed. It's a learning opportunity. You can take a look at that thing where you fell short and figure out what can I do differently so that I can succeed the next time? Or what can I do differently so that I can get that much closer to my goal next time? So don't be afraid to fail because if you are not failing, as the saying and cliche go, if you are not failing, you are not trying hard enough because if you're really working your butt off, trying to improve, trying to do great things with your life, you will fail. Not everything you do, most things that you do are not going to end up the way you initially envisioned them. But if you keep trying over and over again, you will eventually get there and you will get there with all the knowledge and experience you gained from every single time that you fell short. Let's also think when we're talking about mindset, sometimes it's hard to have a positive mindset when we are completely stressed out. So in addition to all of the positive things that you can do related to mindset, you can also try to keep an eye on your stress level. Stress that's left unchecked because we're not happy, because we're stressed, because we're overscheduled can contribute to a lot of health problems like high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, diabetes, type 2 diabetes, and obesity. So how do you know if you're too stressed? Maybe you have a headache or muscle tension. Maybe you're just tired. You're not sleeping. Maybe you feel anxious or restless. All of these things can be how stress shows up. Maybe you get angry or irritable or just feel overwhelmed. All of these are signs that you need to figure out how to manage your stress. Maybe that is finding time in your day to meditate or to pray, just to sit there and clear your mind. My watch has a stress score on it. And I use my stress score just to check in with myself occasionally to make sure that my week or my day are going the way I think they are. And sometimes it will show me that I've just had a really high stress day. And so I tried to take a few moments to pause. It also is connected to an app that will give me some breathing exercises. But basically, you're just breathing in really slowly, pausing, and then letting it all out really slowly. And you do that for a minute or two or three, but just taking the time to get those deep breaths or just some quiet time for yourself can really do a lot to just help you chill and get on with your day. 
Physical activity also helps with stress, relaxation techniques, meditation, yoga, getting a massage. Socializing with family and friends is also a great way. And I only have five tips for you, but friendship is another huge way to defy aging. Your relationships with friends are very important to managing stress and depression because we do long to feel connected to other people and to be loved and to show love. And we, we crave those relationships and that closeness. So when you are stressed or you feel yourself just on a downward spiral, try to find time to connect with your friends. All of these things can play into your mindset and people who look at life more optimistically with a glass half full approach are people who just enjoy life more, are less stressed, more calm, and feel better. And I know that some of these things are easier said than done, and I'm not trying to discount any mental health issues that anybody has. Absolutely, if you are feeling like you are stressed or depressed or anxious, I am not trying to say any of these solutions should take the place of what you're doing. But if you haven't tried these, it would be a good addition to whatever your therapist or mental health professional might be advising for you. So I just wanted to say that too, because I do have a huge degree of compassion for what other people are going through. And I know when it's simple when you're giving tips to make it sound like this is easy. And I understand this is hard. These are hard changes to make. So just try, add one of these things into your life. Make little changes. And once you feel like you have that change under control, then add another change. So my fifth tip is hydration. This is crazy. Did you know that your body is between 55 and 75% water? So women are on the lower end of that because we typically have more body fat than men. And children are on the higher end of that range, on the 75% range. I think it said when I was researching this that men generally fall in about 60% of their body is water. So if that is not enough to cons- help make you think about hydration and staying hydrated, I want you to consider this. People feel thirsty when they have already lost two to three of their body's water. But wait, there is more. We are not mentally or physically as sharp when we are just 1% dehydrated. So you feel thirsty after your body has already begun to not work as efficiently. Your brain is not working as well. Your body is not working as well. But you, but you don't even get that clue until you're 2 to 3% dehydrated. So if you feel like you're sluggish or feel like your brain isn't functioning well on a particular day, a good place to start is by getting a glass of water. I think that is so crazy that when you're feeling sluggish or not awake, that you could, maybe there's a simple solution that you need to drink. Water, that is. 
According to a study published in the Journal of Biological Chemistry, the amount of water in the human heart and brain is 73%. The heart and brain are 73% water. So if you're dehydrated, doesn't that make sense that your body, your two, two of your major organs are mostly water and your body just isn't going to function as well? Your lungs are 83%. Muscles and kidneys have 79% water. And skin is 64%, and bones even are 31%. So for my runners out there, if you're running slower than usual, make sure you're hydrated. And if those of us who are getting up there in age and worried about the wrinkles and how our skin looks, if you want younger-looking skin, drink your water. Water is such a simple cure, but most of us run around dehydrated. So what are some strategies that you can use there to make sure you're drinking enough? Maybe you have a great big jug that you carry around throughout the day. Maybe you set a, an alarm on your phone. Maybe you buy one of those fancy water bottles that's connected to an app that lights up when it's time to take a drink to remind you. I would love to hear your tips on that. So go into the notes on the blog post and Give me some ideas. Tell me, tell me what you're doing or, or comment in one of my groups and let me know some of your tips for making sure that you're getting enough to drink each day. Water helps to regulate our internal body temperature. It's in saliva, which means it's also important for digestion. And it lubricates our joints, insulates our organs, and helps to flush waste and toxins out. And it carries oxygen and nutrients to our cells. So if you think about it that way, when you're dehydrated, you're also starving your cells of oxygen. There are so many things that water affects. So drink up, make sure you're staying hydrated, and give me those tips. I want to know what you're doing to stay hydrated. Going back over our top five tips, we have nutrition, mobility, exercise, hydration, and mindset. Five things you can do to defy aging. They are all really big things with lots of little subtopics under them. So I will be posting in my social media this week, giving you some additional tips in these areas. But these will be topics of future podcasts as well. I'd love to know what you think. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a great week. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run, and you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign power of run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe. As a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week and I will catch you next Tuesday.